Hi, I'm Alex Rubin, and thank you so much for joining me on my daily teaching podcast, Grace to Your World. You know, the more we understand God's grace, the more do we find ourselves empowered to change our world and to live the overcoming life. Now, with that being said, let's get into today's message and grow in our walk with Jesus together. Talking about this gap. We've been talking about this truth that there's a gap in the life of every Christian, in the life of every born-again believer. What is that gap? Well, that gap is between what's already been finished for you in Christ, your position in Christ, and your day-to-day real-life experience. I'll give you an example. In Christ, you're already righteous. Amen. Your righteousness is a finished work. You do not have to, if you, if you are born again this morning, if you are watching me and you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, you do not have to work to be righteous. The Bible says you are righteous. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now that's your position in Christ. Now your experience, however, might be you don't always act righteous. Amen. <laughs> Get to have a witness, guys. Uh, we don't always act righteous. And so there's, there's a gap, you see. There's your position in Christ and there's your experience. They don't always line up. I'll give you another example. The Bible actually says that you were already healed by the stripes of Jesus 2,000 years ago. That's 1 Peter 2.24. You're not waiting for God necessarily to heal you. Catch me now. Strictly speaking, healing took place on the cross. 2,000 years ago, but many of us guys were dealing with a physical challenge. And so again, there's a gap, there's a discrepancy between what's been finished for me in Christ and between what my day-to-day real life experience is. And we've been sharing last week with you guys that this gap is quite normal. You see, the Christian life is lived in the gap. We're always going to have uh, this gap in one way or another. And so in other words, uh, there's nothing wrong with us, that, you know, that because we're in the gap. Uh, that's just really where this life as believers is going to be uh, lived. You see, what you want to understand, guys, church, what you want to understand, Jesus never promised us a challenge-free life, glory to God. <laughs> you know, uh, Jesus didn't say, man, it's going to be all roses and it's going to be this sweet, you know, uh, thing and you're never going to have a challenge. No, guys, may I remind you, Jesus said in this world, we will have tribulation, but we are to take heart because Jesus already overcame the world. Jesus already won the victory. And so some of you are watching me, you're dealing with some issues. I want you to understand, not only is God with you in your issue, I want you to understand Jesus already made the victory, the solution, the healing, the provision, the restoration, the favor, a glory to God. He's already made it available to you. And so what we are now seeking to do is we're seeking to have an understanding from scripture. Well, Alex, how do I navigate this gap? How do I live in this way where I can face my challenges? Glory to God. I'm not sticking my head in the the sand. I'm not pretending that there's no issues going on. Glory to God. I'm facing the challenges I got to face. I'm dealing with what I got to deal with, but all the while, glory to God, I know that Jesus already won the victory for me. I know that Jesus already overcame the world for me. And so uh, the question is, church, how do we navigate this uh, gap? And we're going to see today that it is really through yielding to God. It is it is to live uh, the yielded life. And so that's what we want to get into here today. Uh, the journey through this gap, guys, is, is to be a journey where we yield to God and we're going to get into what that means. But let's look at our foundational texts here this morning. 
starting in John's Gospel, chapter 6, verses 28 through 29. I'm going to be reading these from the New Living Translation here this morning. And so he says here in John 6, 28, these are some people, they came to Jesus. They had just seen him do some miracles. And so they said, man, Jesus, we want to do some miracles too. Uh, What do we got to do? Now, notice this. They said here, they replied, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? Notice do. Notice the emphasis on doing. And I love Jesus's response here. Jesus in verse 29 says, uh, Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Church, take note. This is the only work God wants from you. Jesus told this to these people. I want you to know this applies to you and me as well. Here it comes. You want to know what to do? Jesus is giving us something to do. He says, this is the only work God wants from you. Notice this now. Believe in the one he has sent. Believe in the one he has sent. And so what are you called to do today? You may think, well, Alex, I got to struggle a little bit more. I got to work a little bit harder. I got to push a little bit more. Hold on, slow down now. Here this morning, not so fast, cowboy. Jesus said, no, no. The only work that he wants from you is that you believe in him. We're going to look at what that means. And I look at Romans chapter six, starting in verse three. This is our text here this morning, guys. He says in verse three, or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus, notice that you are joined with Christ Jesus. He says we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism. We joined him in his death. Now you see the word baptism here. And what this is referring to is this is referring to being born again. You see, this is not referring to being baptized with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, that is very powerful, but this is a different baptism. This is referring to being baptized into the body of Christ. You see, when you made Jesus the Lord of your life, the Bible says you were joined with him. When you made Jesus the Lord of your life, the Bible says that through the Holy Spirit, you were baptized into the body of Christ. And so what this means is that your old life is gone, a new life in Christ has come, and you want to realize that this is a spiritual truth about you that is symbolized in water baptism. You see, the reason we do water baptisms and the reason this is so uh, such a, a powerful event in a person's life, water baptism is an outward symbolic representation of an inward truth and reality that takes place when you make Jesus the Lord of your life. And so that's what he's talking about. He says in verse four, for we died and we were buried with Christ by baptism. There it's again. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we may also live new lives. And this is how we are called to live our lives as believers, by uh, the glorious power of uh, the Father. Just like Jesus was raised from the dead, you and me, no matter what you're facing right now, we can boldly claim that we have a new life in Christ. We can boldly claim that there is a resurrection power that is alive on the inside of us, church. Notice what he says in verse 5. He says, since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. Verse 6. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that, notice this now, so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. Glory be to God. 
Verse 7, he says, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Verse 8, since we died with Christ, we know that we will also live with him. And so notice uh, uh, something here, guys. It's, it's just as, as Christ, so we also Notice he's saying, just like what happened to Jesus, you and I, the same thing is happening here for us. The same thing is happening for us. Our old self died with him. We have a new life in him. Your old identity died with him. You have a new identity in him. Verse 9, he says, we are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. How awesome is that, guys? Church, I want you to know that because death has no power over Jesus. Sickness has no power in your life. Lack has no power in your life. Uh, anything that the enemy tries to throw at you has no more power in your life. You see, notice guys, this is to be your position in Christ. We're going to get to this now. Now he says in verse 10, when he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. Now I want to, I want to zero in on verse 11 here, starting in verse 11. He says, so you should also consider yourselves. Take note of consider yourself. So the way that you think of yourself in this life here as a believer in this life in the gap is, is, is crucial. How are you considering yourself? You see, how do you see yourself? The Bible says you should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Guys, I'm going to tell you right now, this is going to come down to your identity. Are you identifying with the old self, who you were before you got saved? Or are you identifying with who Jesus has made you to be? Look at verse 12. He says, do not let sin control the way you live. And, and notice, guys, this is something we, we, we have a choice over. We have a choice over this. When we understand who we are in Christ, we have a choice here. He says, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Verse 13, do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, this is what we want to do. He says, give yourselves completely to God. Give yourselves completely to God. The King James here talks about yielding yourself unto God. And so how are we to navigate this gap? The Bible says we are to give ourselves completely to God for you were dead, but now you have new life. He says, so use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Look at verse 13. I want to read this also in the King James, uh, just Romans six thirteen. I want to go King James because I want you to see the expression here about yielding. Romans 6, 13, King James says, Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. Now, members, what he's talking about here is, is your body. He's talking here about the members of your body. Uh, and so you're called to not yield your body uh, as, as, uh, as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. And so I want you to notice, guys, that he's talking about your body here as an instrument. 
I want you to catch here that your body is an instrument. You see, your body is not who you are. <laughs> Glory to God, okay? Your body is not who you are. Some of you are so caught up with your body. Well, and that's awesome. You know, body is good. <laughs> okay, we're going to take care of the body. All right, guys. But your body is not who you are. You see, the truth is that you are a spirit. The Bible says you are spirit, soul, and body. And so the real you is a spirit. You possess a soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, and you live in a physical body. Your body is your instrument. Now he says, don't yield your members, the members of your body, as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. But notice this, this is how we are called to live. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, glory to God, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. And so we are called to yield ourselves unto God. Now, now, Alex, what does it mean uh, to yield? Well, to yield means to, to present myself, to submit myself unto God. You see, we are are really called, guys, uh, in this life as a believer, we are called to yield ourselves unto God in the same way that an instrument yields itself unto the person who's playing it. If you're playing the guitar, your guitar is is, is yielding itself to you so that you uh, can play your guitar. And so, guys, I want you to catch this, church. What God is saying is, uh, God wants us to yield ourselves unto Him as His instruments. Glory to God. Uh, you see, uh, God, <laughs> glory to God, uh, is, is, is the master artist artist who wants to shape your life uh, here uh, today. Uh, you see, God wants to do some, some transformation in your life here uh, this uh, morning. Glory to God. Uh, and so what he needs you to do is he doesn't need you to struggle, strive, and perform. Uh, glory to God. No, he needs you to know who you are in Christ. Glory to God. He needs you to know what Jesus has already done for you. Glory to God. And then what he needs you to do is he needs you to yield yourself unto him so that he can play you. Glory to God. You see, uh, just like that guitar yields itself to the person who's playing the guitar. So you and I, glory to God, we are to yield ourselves to God because God wants to play you. <laughs> glory to God. You see, uh, you, you, you thought it was all about you doing things for God. Well, I got news for you here this morning, child of God, in this new covenant. It's all about what God wants to do through you. It's all about what God wants to do in you and uh, through you. And so how do we live uh, this life as we're navigating this gap? We are called to yield ourselves unto God. We're called to yield ourselves unto God. Now, if you back up, you saw in uh, verse uh, 11, I believe, he was talking about, you got to know who you are. You see, when you're yielding yourself unto God, you got to know who you are in Him. You got to understand your position in Christ. And so, and so the Christian life, the Christian life is lived in the gap between what Jesus already finished for us 2,000 years ago and our day-to-day -day real life experience. Now, you as a believer, me as a believer, what we're seeking to do, guys, is we are seeking to narrow that gap, you see. Now, you're never going to be completely, uh, you know, that, that gap is going to be here, guys, for as long as we are in this earth realm, okay? It's never going to be bridged fully until the day Jesus comes back. But I want you to understand that that gap should be more narrow and narrow and narrow. You see, a year from now, child of God, this gap should be more narrow. A year from now, you should be showing forth more of the fruits of righteousness. A year from now, you should be living more out of your identity in Christ than you are now. A year from now, you should see more of God's wholeness in your life. That's your health. That's your relationships. You see, that's the provisions of God showing up in your life. That's been made available to you. And so our journey is a journey of narrowing that gap. Is everybody on the bus here with me so far? When it comes to navigating this gap, there's two primary components. 
The first component is we must continue to look to Jesus and continue to believe on him, that is, depend on him for all things. If you're taking notes, write this down. First thing you got to do, you got to continue to look to Jesus. And we read that in John 6, 28, verse, verse 28 and, and 29. And so first component when navigating this gap is we got to keep our eyes on Jesus, guys. You got to keep your eyes on Jesus. You see, this is not about you looking at yourself. This is not about you trying to fix yourself. No, uh, the Bible says we are transformed as we behold Jesus. Holy Spirit is going to transform us as we behold Jesus. He's going to take us from glory to glory. And so you got to continue to depend on Jesus for all things. Everybody say out loud, I depend on Jesus for all things. You see, because the issue sometimes is, you know, we depend on Jesus for our eternal salvation. And then what happens is, you know, now, you know, you get some religious training, okay? You know, you kind of grow up and and, and, and in religion and they tell you, man, you know, you got to work hard. You know, you got you to really kind of uh, make sure you're, you're, you're showing forth the fruits of, 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 of being a, a Christian. And so now what you've been doing is you've been actually trying to, in a sense, live your Christian life uh, without Jesus. In other words, you've been trying to, to be more like Jesus without depending on Jesus. Well, I'm going to tell you that's not going to work. You see, you can't be like God without God. And so the only way that you can actually successfully live this Christian life is when you live in complete dependence on him. Now, this is an opposition to what the world is going to tell you. The world is going to tell you you got to depend on yourself. The world is going to applaud you when you're struggling, striving, and performing. Rather than depending on yourself, what you want to do is you want to continue to depend on Jesus. Everybody understand that? And so that's the first component when it comes to navigating this gap or when it comes to living the yielded life. Second component is this, and we read this in Romans 6, 11. He said, uh, he said in Romans 6, 11 about reckoning ourselves as, as dead unto, unto the power of sin. And so second component when it comes to living this life is we must be secure in our identity in Christ or catch this, guys. We must be secure in our position in Christ. It is so important that you understand how God sees you in Christ. And so Romans chapter 6 is all about describing a spiritual truth, which is our position in Christ as a result of the finished works of Jesus Christ on the cross. And guys, remember, like we always tell you, it's all about the cross. You see, you want to always be mindful of the cross because how are you in Christ Jesus? Well, how did you get into Christ? You didn't do anything to get yourself into Christ, man. You didn't struggle to get into Christ. It's not because you were so spiritual, okay? No, it's because Jesus went to the cross. And so what did we do, man? We just believed. We just believed. And what did Jesus say in John 6? Man, this is the only work I want you to do. You, I want you to believe. You see, believe. Now, that's not just a one-time thing. You are to live your Christian life continuously believing in what Jesus already did for you on uh, the cross. You see, it's through the cross, guys, that you and I were given a new nature and a new identity as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, so we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now, take note, he says, we were made the righteousness of God in him. 
You see, you were made righteous. You see, uh, you, 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 you didn't make yourself righteous through your actions because here's the deal is that all of us are conditioned guys to look to our actions. You know, we look to our cray cray moments, man. And we say, well, Alex, how could I be righteous? Alex, you know, if I say I'm righteous, I feel I'm being dishonest uh, because you're so identified with, with your behavior. You know, we, we shared last week, man, you're on the four or five freeway. And then you start, you know, quoting from the book of cause, man, you know, it's just like, oh, you know, and then you got these moments, man, and you look to your actions, but I want you to understand the Bible says you were made the righteousness of God in him because Jesus was made sin with your sin. Now, let me ask you this church. Jesus never sinned, right? How many know Jesus obviously never sinned and yet he was made sin. And so Jesus being made sin with you and my sin had nothing to do with his actions, okay? And so in the same way, the way you and I were made righteous, child of God, it had nothing to do with our actions, you see. It happened as a result of the cross. It happened as a result of the great exchange that took place on uh, the cross. And that's what Paul is describing here in Romans chapter 6. He's talking about how we were united to Christ Jesus, that we were crucified with him, that we were given new lives. That's verses 5 and 6. And all of this, guys, I want you to understand, is talking about our position in Christ. You see, it's, it's so crucial for us to see here this morning, before I really can move on, I got to get you to see that none of this has to do with your behavior. And the way you can really kind of see this is when you go back and you see where Paul says, you know, we were crucified with Christ. Well, let me ask you this, man. Were you, were you physically crucified with Christ? Well, obviously, no. You know, guys, none of us were around 2,000 years ago, Right. Uh, I mean, I wasn't around back then. I'm, I'm assuming you weren't around back then. I mean, I don't know, you know, <laughs> but, but, you know, I don't, I don't think so. And so he can't be talking about something that takes place physically here, you see. And so it has nothing to do with your actions. This is talking about your spiritual position in Christ, you see. As a result of you being in Christ, your born-again spirit was made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's what navigating this gap is, is all about. It's not about claiming we're something we're not. No, we are righteous because we're in Christ. It's a positional righteousness in our born-again spirit. But in our day-to-day -day life, man, we're, we're on the journey, okay? And that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And when we can be real with each other, you know, we, we can let go of the phoniness, and what we can do is, man, we can encourage each other on this journey. We can be real with each other on this journey. You know, tell me what's going on in your life. You say, man, you know, yeah, it's been kind of a challenging week. I'm dealing with some stuff, but, you know, I'm trusting the Lord. You know, I'm walking with the Lord, and, man, just happy to see you, you know, and we can have that kind of fellowship with each other. And so your, your soul is a work in progress. Your body is, you know, your body, like we said earlier, is just an instrument. You know, you got to keep under the body because the body, you know, if you don't check it, you know, it's going to try to do its own thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's going to want to have like, you know, another five pieces of, of, of apple pie, even though you already had 10 pieces of apple pie. Okay. And I already ate a whole pizza too, you know. <laughs> and so the body has to be disciplined. The body has to be kept under. But the way that you do that is, as we will see, 
in your soul because your body is going to follow the direction of your soul. The body is going to follow the direction of your of your dominant thoughts. And so this is why the Bible said we are to reckon ourselves as dead unto unto the the, the power of sin because the way that I think of myself that's going to eventually translate into my actions. Because you see, my my actions don't determine my identity. Glory to God, but my identity sooner or later is going to determine my behavior. You see, and so when I think correctly, when I believe correctly, when I see myself correctly, what happens is I'm going to be in a position where I can now do what the Bible says. I can yield my body as an instrument uh, uh, for God. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Alex Rubin. You have been listening to Grace to Your World. Be sure to join me again on our next podcast as we continue to grow in our understanding of God's grace. Now, to learn more and to access the full-length audio of this and other teachings, simply head to graceworldonline.org. For information on how to become a Grace Vision partner or how to make a gift of any amount to our ministry, visit graceworldonline.org forward slash give. Now, I pray that you continue to see God's grace manifesting richly in your life, and I look forward to talking to you again on our next podcast.